Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Castro, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how are you doing? I'm fine, Adam. How about yourself? How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. In this That's news good. in this news filled weekend that we had, just so much news. So much stuff happened. It was probably the busiest Thanksgiving Day period that I've seen in a while. You ain't kidding. More ways than one. We've had boundaries broken, history made, weird shit, all of it. Lots of weird shit, yes. And that's it. That's both college football and professional football I'm talking about. True. Very true. If only Vanderbilt was a better team, then we could have had more history. Well, they gave her a kick. Yes. Honestly, I, it's kind of a disservice that they made her – do the squib, the squib kick because I wanted to see how, how deep she could have kicked it. See, I don't understand why it was even part of the game plan. You're going to do a little squib kick to start the half? It didn't, some, no, it, it didn't make any sense as to why they would do it. To start the half, you're going to squib it and give position on the 45-yard line? It made, made no sense. It really didn't. I mean, Derek Mason, I don't, I don't know. It's Vanderbilt. You can't be surprised. It's true. I and, just Derek re- Mason, and Derek Mason lost his job. Oh. Yeah, he got yeah. fired. After this game? Yeah. <laughs> well, no shit. <laughs> makes, his, makes history. <laughs> that gets fired. Yeah, well, you get shut up by Mizzou. Isn't, isn't that what they call these days classic romanticism? Yes. Something along those lines? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Um, so let's do something a little different. And let's go into our previews first instead of talking about uh thursday and sunday change is good change is good some change when is you good. give when you give consent on that change change is good yeah all right so let's talk about the seahawks and the eagles on monday night football this game this game could go one of two ways <laughs> as most games on this uh this week have it could either, this game could either be uh, an absolute shootout, slugfest, whoever has the ball last wins, or this could be a quote-unquote defensive showdown where it's a low-scoring affair and it's super sloppy. I think I am going with the first option over the second. I think this is going to be a matchup where there are going to be a ton of points scored. Maybe more so by one team than the other, but I mean the Seahawks. The Seahawks defense is is allowing the most yards per game, more than any other defense in the league. So, if there is the perfect recipe for there to be a Monday night matinee where we could see a lot of points scored, I think that that of course this is it. Not to mention you also have Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, the returning Chris Carson, all in play and then you have the hot and cold Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders and rest of the Philadelphia Eagles and until and don't you forget Jalen Hurts getting more first team reps in practice. Ah this is the this is the dream scenario that Howie Roseman wanted. Man, I told the, you Adam Howie Roseman is the gift that keeps on giving. And the Eagles are really paying for that Super Bowl. <sighs> yes they are. 
they in fact are. Because I think, yeah, honestly, Doug Peterson might have been fired either at either earlier in the season or after the season if he hadn't led the Eagles to, to a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. If he, he didn't win a Super Bowl, he, he would have been fired by now. But I guess my, my real question is, and this is, I guess, part of the whole discussion that goes with this game, and then we get to the start of the in a second. What the hell? do you do with that contract that Carson Wentz has attached to him? Uh, I don't know. You can't burn it. It's illegal to do that. Well, no, yes, you, you cannot, you cannot burn it. That is what they call arson and arson is bad. I meant just like, you can't just like cut them and not. Like, and, well, you can cut them. <laughs> No, well, they, you can. They can cut him. Let me finish my sentence. You can't cut him without having some repercussions. True. Yes, that, that is correct. I mean, at this point, I think the Eagle – I would assume that Howie Roseman has foreseen this situation coming, which is why they drafted Jalen Hurts as early as they did. Correct. Where he was like – where he, he knew that Carson Wentz – like Sam, is very hot and cold. And here he is, Mr. Adam Caster, looking at every opportunity to bring up the New York Jets and Sam Darnold. Don't worry, Adam. We'll get there. I promise. You'll have your moment. I don't want to. <laughs> I mean, the good news for the Eagles, at least, is that there is a potential out in the contract. I just don't know if it is a club or a player option after next season, which would put on another three years onto the contract. If they were to cut him, they could cut him after 2021. If, if it's a player option, like I said, I, I'm not exactly sure. Club option, they have an, a clean out after next year. If it's a player option and Carson Wentz opts into the player option, his base salary from 2022 to the end of 2024 would be 22, 20, and 21 million dollars. If they wanted to cut him, what they could do is they can take a dead cap hit of 24 million dollars in 2022, dead cap hit in 2023 of 15 million, and then a dead cap hit in 2024 of 6 million. So basically, what they would end up doing is basically they would be leaving. $45 million to be spread out over three years on their cap if they are going to go and just say, you know what, Carson Wentz is not the guy. We're going to cut him, and we're going to move on and roll with Jalen Hurts. I mean, if you're Carson Wentz, are you even going to, would you even want to opt in to the situation? Oh, sure. Of course you would. Of course you would. What, just for Hell the money? Yeah. yeah. You're going to leave $63 million on the table? I guess not. I mean, I don't know. I would be opting in regardless. I mean, they signed you to the contract. All you did was put pen to paper. And all you need to do is say, yes, you're in, and you're owed at least $63 million. I guess, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. This is a next year problem, not a this year problem. It is. Let's talk about the here and now because that's where we are. That Fantasy football is the most here and now kind of thing you can do. Really? All, yeah. You don't say. Besides just existing. 
You don't suck. Uh, so, as far as starter meter, Russell Wilson. Oh, 10. 10. Of course. Yeah. And which running back do you like out of the situation? Finally, Seattle has a healthy slate of running backs. Carlos Hyde, Chris Carson, DJ Dallas. Probably not it's, Chris, it's Chris Carson. It's, it's Chris Carson. He's no, I know. Eight out of 10 start. Yeah. But odds are you've been waiting four or five weeks to start him. So you are 100% in on, on Chris Carson. Do you think he's on, he'd be on some sort of pitch count in no. this game? No. No, not, not, especially when he basically was off the injury report Thursday or Friday is when he, um, he was eventually just taken off of that. So I would assume that he's full go. Yep. All right. And then, oh, the receivers. Who is it going to be this week? I mean, they're both must-starts, TK and Tyler Lockett. Must, 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 must start. For me, this screams like a Tyler Lockett game. Because you're going to have DK Metcalf on the outside dealing with Darius Slay. Darius Slay experience. Yeah, which is why I think it's more of a Tyler Lockett game. But if, I wouldn't be surprised if DK comes down with five for 100 and a touchdown. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise you one bit. Yeah. Because that's, that's just DK. That's what he does. Yeah, that's what he does. It definitely is. And I, mean, I, I also just want to take a quick look at the – schedule for the Seahawks just going forward. I mean, from what I recall, oh, well, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. The schedule is, is real, real, real good. So, Philadelphia, Monday. The Giants, the Jets, both at home. At Washington, who just got torched by Amari Cooper and Red Rifle, Andy Dalton. And then week 16 against the Rams, which you're not going to be sitting DK Metcalf. But two for 28 the first time that they had met was not a good sign. But the good news is that it will be um, at CenturyLink Field. So good news if you are going to be going to a championship and you're going to have some questions about DK Metcalf because that'll be one I'm sure we'll be talking a whole lot about. You are, you are most certainly correct in that assumption or in that uh, analysis. And then at tight end, uh, unfortunately, Greg Olson suffered that foot injury um, last week that might be – Could be the end of Greg Olson too. Yeah. So what about Will Disley? I mean, if you have an available roster spot, definitely, definitely try and pick him up. But I don't know what your rosters are really looking like um, after a full Sunday slate of games, three Thursday games. And, I mean, if you have someone like – I don't know if you're in a deep league and you're not necessarily sure about someone like, uh, well, here, I like have an ex- Gus Edwards, let's say. Actually, I have a good example for this. Sure. If you, if you have, if you have Mark Andrews, let's say, and you needed, and you didn't want to pick up a tight end from, from Sunday's games, then you could think about picking up Will Disley. You could if you didn't if you didn't pick somebody up and maybe maybe Dallas Goddard was available in your leagues, maybe you picked up Richard Rogers in your leagues. Maybe. 
Yeah. Maybe. Or may, maybe now you have an IR spot that you could put Mark Andrews into and you have a spot that's open. And you can just pick up Will Disley for free. Yeah. This – see, I'm very happy at the big I, – I, I shouldn't say very happy. I, Phrasing. I'm Jeez. relatively happy, relatively, professionally speaking, that the big week when COVID decided to just ravage the NFL happened during what's going to be our busiest week. When we're going to be doing waivers Wednesday, trade deadline discussion tomorrow. Because now this opens up a whole can of worms. Oh, it does. In terms of, you know, what what the hell do you do with guys that are going to be out a minimum 10 days, such as James Conner, such as Mark Andrews, such as Lamar Jackson. So there's going to be a lot to talk about. I know that uh, if you play on CBS, I know that deadlines were last week, but I know a lot of ESPN leagues, the deadline is Thursday. I know some owners as well and some um, some commissioners that have moved the deadline to next week and are deciding to do a deadline next week just because of the quick turnaround and you have waiver day, Wednesday, you know, claim day, Wednesday, and then you just, you know, fill out your team Thursday. But with no game Thursday, I don't know. I don't know. It, 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 if you have any questions about your, your deadline, just go and ask your your commissioner. All right. Works for me. All right. So for Philadelphia, uh, what do you have? I mean, are you starting Carson Wentz? Let's be real. As a stream. As a stream, you could. Like if you are – if you're now potentially going into Tuesday without Lamar Jackson and you need a stream, uh, Carson Wentz is fantastic. I think you can do a whole lot worse than, uh, than that. I mean, you may not have an option now. You, you may not have a choice other than to start someone like Carson Wentz, which I, I don't think it's a terrible start at all. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. What about Miles Sanders? Seven. Okay. Seven. He's fine. Ba- Boston Scott? Three. What about the receivers? Travis Fulgham, Alshon Jeffrey, Greg Ward? Gee, uh, I, I don't know. I would think if there's a game for Travis Fulgham, this is kind of it just because the, the Seattle defense, how they just bleed points to opposing wide receivers. So I would think if there, if there is a game for Travis Fulgham to go nuts, this is probably it. I would expect something in the range of five catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. I think it's very doable for Travis Fulgham. So I'll say he's seven. Um, there's no other receivers that really interest me. Jalen Rieger is one that, that definitely could be a, a fill-in. I know that when Adam sure. Thielen – I'm sorry? I said I didn't mention him, unfortunately. Well, I think Jalen Rieger is, is a pretty good play. I know that I unfortunately had Adam Thielen go down on COVID IR, and I needed to pick between Jalen Rieger and Corey Davis, and I ended up going with Jalen Rieger as my, uh, as my start. Granted, I am going to lose in that, in that matchup, which, which sucks, but I'm already in the playoffs. So I already have a first-round bye, so it doesn't really matter. As much, it's just kind of counting down the uh, the days, seconds, minutes until Christian McCaffrey comes back into that lineup. So I'm not really too concerned about it. But I think anybody who has some questions about the Tuesday game or has had 
any one of their receivers go down. I think Jalen Rager is an excellent play. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, before we move on to this shit show of a game on Tuesday, let's talk about the tight end situation. So is Zach Ertz coming back? It's nope. going to be Dallas. So it's Dallas Goddard and Richard Rodgers. Correct. And Dallas Goddard, right. Richard Rodgers in for Philadelphia and no Zach Ertz. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. It's good. Well, uh, yeah, because you're a professional, a radio professional. Because I am a radio professional, yes. Uh, what? So how are they? I mean, I think they're good starts, personally, just yeah. because of yeah, how I porous think. Seattle's defense is. Me, personally, I think I would rather start Goddard, but we all know what happens when you're listed number one on the Eagles' depth chart. It always goes to the number two. So in deep leagues, I think, I think Richard Rodgers is a fine start. You know, even, even in 10 – even in 10-man 10, 10 leagues, I think if you really need to start Richard Rodgers, I don't think it's the worst start in the world. I really don't. I think either one, either one of them could be fine. Yeah. All right. So, next game, Tuesday night. See, this is kind of crazy because this is a game that ostensibly is, going to, be, is pl- going to be played for the AFC North. And the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers are saying that they're at half strength is an understatement. Mm-hmm. Um, just writing down the ma- some of the major players that tested positive for COVID-19. Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, Willie Sneed, uh, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, James Conner. Anybody else? I think Vance I... Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald. Well, he's been on the list for a while. Correct. So that's like seven, six or seven major players who will not be playing in this game. And for Baltimore, it's going, to be, it's going to be tough sledding. I mean, you have – not only do you have RG3 starting in this game, you, have, you don't have your top two running backs. You don't have your top receiver. Well, Lamar Jackson's top favorite receiver anyway at this point. And you don't have your, your all-pro tight end. How on God's green earth are the Ravens going to – put up a fight in this game. Adam, on the record, do you think this game happens? Honestly, probably no. That's what common sense says. But then again, the NFL made the Broncos play a game yesterday without a quarterback. Yeah. So, so I Well, you know what, you know what's important in football? It's money, man. It's all about the money. Apparently. Oh, the health of the players? Fuck that. Who needs who needs the health who needs the health of the players when you can just make a fuck ton of money on viewership? Yeah. The NFL should just be just have robots. Robots can't get COVID. Robots cannot get COVID, yes. Robots don't get it. Well, if robots get injured, the robots they don't get the COVID. No. Only (sighs) only us mortal men get COVID. Yeah. I mean, honestly. I just hope that this game, for the sake of the safety of the players, I hope this game doesn't happen. For the sake of competitiveness, I hope this game doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ. Who would would it be? It would be RG3, Gus Edwards, offensive line, Nick Boyle going up against. Nick Boyle is out for the season. Okay, I couldn't even tell you then who the tight end, the starting tight end would be for the Ravens. Well, I couldn't either. So, I mean, it would be Hayden Hurst. They didn't trade him. I can tell you who it is right now since I am 
uh, handy-dandy sportsman. It is Eric Tomlinson. Oh, wow. Good for him landing on his feet. Former New York Jet. And New York Giant. Yes. Uh, oh, boy. Look so, at him. He's, he's moving up in his life, going from playing in shitty New Jersey to playing for the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, so here's something. This is from three hours ago. Okay. Uh, Adam Schefter. The Ravens canceled their practice on Monday. Yeah, that game's not happening. Yeah. No here's way. A, you want to hear something like a crazy stat? Sure. Um, the Ravens last practiced on Saturday before the Titans game. Yeah, that game's not happening. There is absolutely not happening. There is absolutely no way that that game is happening, that this game is happening. But we will preview it anyway because just, just out of due diligence – but, like, would they just count it as the game canceled? Or would they award the game to potentially Pittsburgh? Honestly, you can't I feel. Punish the Ravens like that? I mean. That would be absurd. Either it's a no contest or the Ravens just say they forfeit. Oh, that would be fucking absurd. I mean, you had – well, we'll talk about it later, but you had Kareem Jackson, the Broncos, saying that the NFL tried to make an example out of them and making them start a wide receiver, a quarterback. No questions asked. So, I mean, you could definitely see the NFL making an example out of the Ravens and saying, listen, if you fuck up, we're not going to fuck around with bye weeks here. Yeah, but it's one thing where the Broncos at least had an opportunity to practice. The Ravens haven't picked up a football or done any team drills since before Saturday. Well, that's why they shouldn't play. Right, because you're, you're potentially promoting injury. Yes. Is what they're doing. Well, it wouldn't be the first time. It won't be the last. Yeah, as long as Thursday Night Football still exists. Obscene. Oh, my God. All right. Well, here's well, the other get... thing. Is it, like, what's going on? Like, is Monday's game a week from now? Is that going to be, like, in jeopardy? Could be. Monday's game against Dallas, they already got moved. Listen, I mean, if Baltimore really wants to keep getting the COVID and they want to forfeit next Monday's game and give the win to the Dallas Cowboys, we don't need the win. We'll just give them the win. Wants to keep getting COVID. We'll, we'll give them the win. Nobody wants to get COVID. We'll, we'll give them the win. Out of the kindness of our hearts, we'll, well I think take the, an L, give them the dub. I think the worst part about this is that you have two high-risk players on the team, on both teams, who tested positive. Where right. you have James Conner, who is a cancer survivor, and you have Mark Andrews, who's, who's a diabetic. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely something I think the NFL just has to take into consideration. But who knows? We see, we've seen Roger Goodell do, do crazier things before. Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, do you even want to talk about what to do in this game? Well, I hope your commissioner told you to designate substitutes. Yeah. Well, honestly, I think here's the other crazy thing. I, well, I guess it would be Benny Snell as the backup for. Oh, yeah. 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 Because uh, Jalen Samuels is out. He was on the COVID list too. He's on the COVID list. 
Yeah, I hope everybody who's listening to this podcast did not need me to tell them to go pick up Benny Snell. Yeah. Well, is, sure. as, long as, Benny, as long as Benny Snell's the guy, he's a top 20 play. I mean, if they have him, I think if you have James Conner, you should, you should have Benny Snell anyway as a handcuff. Correct. Correct. And I feel like we talked about this, wondering who the, who the handcuff was for James Conner. felt like this, this was a recent discussion that we had. I think we just talked about how, like, James Conner does really well, and then sometimes Benny Snell comes in and gets a one-yard touchdown, and it's very annoying. Maybe. But, yeah, it's ben, Benny Snell is the handcuff. Yeah. Benny, if recent performance is anything to go by. Yeah, and if, if he's available in your leagues, go pick him up. Yep. Oh, boy. Okay, so let's uh, talk about Thursday. Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving games. Exciting stuff. Um, well, at least one. Of, well, no. See, it's weird. Actually, both of these games, the winning teams scored 41 points. Well, what do you know? Yeah, I wonder if that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, this is. Let's talk about the game that got Matt Patricia fired. Thank God, Hallelujah. Uh, the funniest part is when Sheila Fordham, the owner of the uh, Lions, said that she thought the Lions were a playoff team going into the season. Now, I will say that is pure comedy at its finest. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so this game by Houston and Detroit, I mean, oh, boy. Buy or sell, there are no Houston running backs that are worth starting at all until David, until da- either until David Johnson comes back or just period. So, I think Duke Johnson's startable. He had his best game of the year. 17 fantasy points on the button and full point PPR. Receiving touchdown was very, very frustrating to see CJ Procise vulture uh, one yard touchdown from him. Could have had very easily had two touchdowns in this game. Um, but yeah. I would say Duke Johnson, he's probably going to be in like that flex range for me this upcoming week going to Indianapolis. It's not a matchup that I would love to, uh, to play Duke Johnson in, but. If you have to, then I think you're getting somewhere in the in the flex range from uh, from uh, from Duke Johnson. So against yeah, the, I, 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 yeah. I think you could you could start him against a really start him. pissed Colts team. Yeah, against a really pissed Colts team. I think I I may I may have misspoken. Said it was at Indianapolis. I'm not necessarily sure. It's at home. Okay, at home, and then they go to Indianapolis in three weeks. Alrighty then. Um, we have a, a Muhammad Sanu sighting. Oh, what's this? Yeah. Another former Patriot playing for the Lions? I've never seen this before. This is this is just magical stuff. Yep. I've never seen anything like it. You know who the interim is? It's the guy who passed on the one yard line. Daryl Bevel. Bevel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I don't really know if I have a, a buy or sell for this game because there wasn't really anything that no jumped worthy. off the page. TJ Hawkinson looked terrific. Not a real shock there. Uh, the Lions in general are just absolutely terrible. I don't think we need to go through a buy or sell. Um, you cannot start anywhere in the Detroit Lions unless your name is TJ Hawkinson because I think that's common sense at this point. Maybe we've gone over that one a thousand or so times. But 
yeah, I mean this this football team is terrible. Uh, buy or sell, I guess this will be this will be mine. Uh, will Fuller is a must start wide receiver going forward. Bye. He just seems like one of the few competent options in this offense. At this competent point. is selling it short. Yeah, one of the few um, exciting options in this offense. Will Fuller is exciting to me. And yes. I think that it's really great to see that he has kind of overcome his injury, his injury bother, knocking on wood. I was about to say you better knock on some fucking wood right now. Thank God my yeah. desk is all made of it. So I'm Will not... Fuller. Go ahead, Adam. I'll, I'll, I'll let you finish. Yeah, no, Will Fuller, it's really been nice to see his improvement, um, his ability to stay healthy. And we, he, we've seen this. He's, he has a, a really great connection with Deshaun Watson from their rookie year together in 2017. And now we're kind of seeing the fruits of, of his labor and the fact that he's able to stay on the field and perform well makes him a, mu- a must-start going forward, definitely. I couldn't have said that much better, much better myself. On pace for a 1,000-yard season, on pace for 11, 12 touchdowns, basically scoring at a one-touchdown-a-week clip. I mean, he's just been fantastic. And, you know, I feel like as someone that was very down on Will Fuller coming into the year for injury-related reasons, he has basically been five catches, 70 yards, or a touchdown every single week. Every single week, which is remarkable for someone that we weren't necessarily sure could be trustworthy coming into the year. So absolutely 100% fair play to, uh, to Will Fowler. He's right now the number five receiver in PPR scoring. You keep plugging him into your lineups. You keep starting him because he's going to be fantastic the rest of the season. If you're lucky enough to make it to week 16 championships, a home date with Cincinnati, oh, my Lord in heaven. Honestly, the only time, the only dud that he's had all season was Baltimore. Yep, when he, had, he had, when he had the zero. Yeah, and one carry. That's it. Yep. But like I said, if you're lucky enough to make it to Week 16, Will Fuller against the Cincinnati Bengals. <sighs> Will Fuller is going to win a lot of people leagues. A lot. What? So Wolf Fuller has scored in all but four games so far. Also. Correct. Yep. Which is actually pretty, pretty, pretty cool. And he has one bad game on the year on my standards. That was well two for counting the Baltimore game. He has had two bad games. The Baltimore game and then the Cleveland game, which was the weather game. Yes. One of the Cleveland weather games. So I can't necessarily fault him for that. But other than that, he has been he's been outstanding. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to wipe that smile right off your face, and let's talk about Washington at Dallas. By yourself, the only Cowboys, the only Cowboys offensive player that you could start going forward is Amari Cooper. Easy Honestly, 100% buy. Yeah. Honestly, I am buying it. It's weird to say it, but yeah. I mean, what has happened to Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, I mean, that's a damn good question. Is that more of an indictment on the offensive line, or is it more an indictment of Ezekiel Elliott as a player? Both. Absolutely 100% both. I think that when – I mean, I said the season was done when Dak went down because you could just see the whole spirit of this team 
died with Dak's properly lined up ankle. We got to a point in that game where I kind of said to myself, you know what? We're okay. We're in a good spot. We could potentially come back and win this game. Then the second half happened, and the team just gave up. Plain and simple. The team flat out gave up. And it was, it was shocking. It was terrible. And Matt Nagy came out and said, I'm going to use the direct quote here if I can pull it up on my phone. Um, it's not going to be verbatim because I can't, I can't seem to find it off the top, off the top of my head. But uh, Matt Nagy basically said uh, verbatim that all the players and coaches need to wake up or grow up, whatever it was, and that last night's performance against the Packers was, quote, fucking embarrassing. Well, Mr. Nagy, you see what's going on in Dallas? This is a shit show. And this is, it. honestly, it is a top-to-bottom rot within the Cowboys organization that has existed there for a very, very long time. And you're not going to get change until Jerry Jones does something drastic and stops doing the same thing which won him a title 25 years ago because it's not going to work. We're in 2020. We're not in 1995. Yeah. So until that happens, the Cowboys are going to be stuck in this mess. They're going to get a top five pick and they are going to do what the Cowboys do with it. And we'll see what happens. But at least for now, you can only trust Amari Cooper in terms of being the Cowboy that you can start his schedule the rest of the way. He's got two matchups that I think you can definitely play him in. Baltimore, I wouldn't go anywhere near that. At Cincinnati, yes, 1 million percent start Amari Cooper there. San Francisco, I think you can start him there. But then at home versus Philadelphia, I would not touch him in Week 16 championships. That is a matchup that just spells doomsday all over it. Stay far away from that if you can. Yeah, no, I, I feel that. Definitely. Yeah. It's just, it's just really depressing to see that. It's a mess. It's a mess. You brought in Mike McCarthy and you found out that Dak Prescott was doing his best Aaron Rodgers impression, trying to paper over the cracks of the, of the, of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. But what makes it, what makes a difference though with the Packers and the Cowboys is that the Packers are the best organization in football, maybe minus the Patriots when it comes to developing players, when it comes to picking players and letting them grow and develop what they are good at and how what they are good at can help their football team. The Cowboys are not good at that. The Cowboys think they are. They're trying to build a Patriot-style way of doing things, but it's just not working. And it falls on the guy at the top. Falls on Jerry Jones. So... Yep. All right. Um, you want to talk about how, like, Antonio Gibson's great game? Yeah. I mean, we have to. Three touchdowns. I don't know if this is going to be the, the norm every single week, but Gibson looked great. He looked terrific. So keep, keep playing him. Okay. Yeah, he no, definitely. Not be, he should not be on any bench anymore for the rest of the season. I think we now have that Antonio Gibson coming out party that 
a lot of people were very, very, very high on. I will say, however, if you are in a potential danger situation where you need a win next week and you have Antonio Gibson, you have a real decision to make with him going up against Pittsburgh. That is going to be a massive, massive call that you as a manager will have to make. But then if, if you're in playoffs already, then then the, the, the seas look calm the rest of the way for Antonio Gibson at San Francisco, at home versus Seattle, then at home versus Carolina, which two of the three are the worst run defenses in football, Seattle and Carolina. So you're looking someone, again, that could be another league winner in Antonio Gibson. Yep. And the opportunity to buy on him is gone. Yeah, no, it's... But to sell, to sell, now that could be an interesting discussion that we'll have to have on uh, on Tuesday. Yes, that is a Tuesday discussion. We have too much to go into. Yes. Uh, Let's talk about, uh, let's move on to Sunday and talk about the Chargers going to Buffalo. And this game was meh. I mean, it's nice to see the return of Austin Eckler earlier than I thought, than I think we all thought because we were definitely thinking like early to mid-December. Yeah, and, and what the hell were the Chargers coaches you, doing with Austin Eckler? I don't know. Josh Kelly being the goal line guy, and then, I, I mean, oh, my God. They should have, they honestly, they should have fired Anthony Lynn and the Chargers coaches on the goddamn tarmac in Buffalo. They should have had to fly coach on the way home. They should have. Uh, what was it? Uh, Gerard Gallant had to take a taxi home from the stadium after he got fired. Exactly from the Florida Panthers. Yeah, they should have. They should have made them fly home in freaking coach. They should have taken their swipe key cards away to get into the Chargers facility. It, that was awful. That was awful. And then something else too. Before we get into the buy or sell, that clock management. At the end of the game, I understand you're, you're down 16 points. I get it. There's a lot that has to happen. But you run? And I, I, look, I don't know if that's Justin Herbert. I don't know if that's Justin Herbert. I don't know if that's Anthony Lynn. But you run? You, you run a play with no timeouts, and your play is a rush? You're, yeah. that, that, to me... I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, Anthony Lynn did say, so not to defend him, but I'm just saying what, okay. he, said, what he said at the end of the game or in the post game was that it was just a, mis- a miscommunication. Okay. For that. Yeah, but I would think, though, that – and it could be a, a case of him being a rookie quarterback and all. But I would think that Justin Herbert would know better in that situation than to be – going for a run play. That, that's just me. I may, be, I may be a little harsh, but that's one of my issues, at least with this, is that I would think that Justin Herbert would be smart enough to know that maybe running the ball here is not necessarily the best thing unless you are 100% certain that you are getting into the end zone. Yeah. And even then, I mean, it was – at. It ended up being that by the time the game was over, even if they had scored, they still would have needed to get like the two-point conversion 
an onside kick and a Hail Mary. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there were a lot of variables that needed, that needed to happen. Yes, 100%. Because it was like three seconds yeah. left. Right, but you wanted, yeah. you wanted to see the Chargers at least be smart in that, in that instance. And the Chargers were not smart. They were the complete opposite of smart. Yep. And, um, yeah, for Buffalo, I mean, the running, back, the running game looked really good. Uh, yeah. Devin Singletary and Zach Moss both both really uh, looked looked really good. Josh Allen was Josh Allen. Josh Allen was indeed Josh Allen. He's a he's a start going forward for the rest of the time. I mean, is there anything here that really is a buy or sell? Like, did we did we really learn anything from this game? I, I mean, I don't think we really did. We learned that Cole Beasley has an arm on him. I guess so. Buy or sell, Cole Beasley should be QB eligible? <laughs> Buy. Cole Beasley <laughs> should be traded to the Denver Broncos immediately. <laughs> I mean, help. but but yeah, I, I don't think that there was anything from this, this game that I could just say I definitively learned. Dawson Knox scoring a touchdown, but he's not necessarily on my radar. It's his first touchdown of the year. Who's Gabriel um, Davis? Yeah, Gabriel Davis had a had a nice game coming in for the uh for the injured John Brown. He caught the uh, the Cole Beasley touchdown. Yep. So, uh he's someone worth worth monitoring, but yeah, I don't think there's a buy or sell here that that really is um is worth talking about, honestly. Yep. He's got four career receiving touchdowns all this year. Yep. All righty. So, then let's move on to a game that depresses me. And I just I just don't even please talk about this game. Jets Dolphins. Ugh. You want me to talk about it? Yeah. Sure. I'll do I'll do it if ever. Um the Jets offense is just horrific. I mean oh, we can just we can just start there. I mean this this offense is just a disaster. Uh, it was good to see Frank Gore have a uh, have a nice game. I think if you're in a deeper league and you're looking for someone that can give you a solid floor going forward, I think Frank Gore can can most certainly uh, be that guy. His three of his next four matchups are very favorable for running backs: the Vegas Raiders at Seattle, at versus at the Rams, which isn't the good one, then versus Cleveland, who just got carved up by James Robinson. So three of those four, I think Frank Gore in 12 or deeper leagues, I think he could be a, a, a solid flex given the volume that he, uh, that he gets on a weekly basis without no Michael P. Ryan. And for some reason, the Jets decide they're going to run the ball when they're down 14 points late in third quarter. I mean, it's a little well, questionable. They were down 10. 10. Okay. 10 yeah. points. Like it, make, like it makes that big of a difference. Um, it might as well Devon- be 50. It might as well be 50. Yes, exactly. I mean, uh, Devon- play- well, before, before you move on to Devontae Parker, who had a good game, um, yeah. I mean, the play calling was just so, so bad. It was terrible. Yeah, it was really bad. I mean, the amount of times that I was like, oh, I wonder what the Jets are doing. And I see the first play from scrimmage is a one-yard run by Frank Gore up the middle. I'm like, stop doing it. Yep. If it's- just stop. <laughs> there's, no, there's no creativity. There's no creativity. I would honestly, I would rather see the Jets at this point 
take losses on every play, but at least be different and try and shake it up than just do the bog standard shit that I can call from a mile away. I mean, the amount of times that you see a Frank Gore run to the left or a Sam Donald coverage sack, I mean, it's ridiculous. How about how many times when you were watching that game yesterday, Adam, could you call on first down Frank Gore run? Almost all of the times. I'm going to look at the play-by-play right now and see how many times. Okay, so first drive, they ran with Frank Gore on the first play. Second drive, they, it was a pass to Jameson Crowder. Okay, that's good. Third drive, it was a Run pass with Frank to Frank Gore. No, it was a pass to Denzel Mims. Oh, okay. Fourth drive, another pass. On the missed field goal, it was Frank Gore. You're gonna, but that was at the Jets' seven. Right. The interception at the beginning, it was Josh Adams. Okay, so another left. run. Another run. Yeah. And then Sam Donald pass, Frank Gore. Uh, the next drive was a Frank Gore run to start. Oh, God. And then uh, after, I think it was after the, after the fumble, at the 26, it was a Frank Gore run where they, I mean, also the fourth down play after that was terrible as well. Oh, oh God, yeah. I think, um, I think, I think most of the people get the point. That yeah. The, the, the play calling is, is just a disaster. And it's, it's ridiculous because I feel, I mean, listen, the play calling is, is annoying, is terrible, but it's almost like it's also confusing who's even calling the plays. Because they have just a weird ass fucking system, where welcome, welcome to New York Jetsland. Welcome to fucking Adam Gaze. You know Adam Gaze. First of all, I don't know if you know this. We almost had Adam Gaze as the head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. And um, if not for Jim Tom Sula, we would have had Adam Gaze out of this division and into the NFC, and just out of our lives forever. <laughs> um, I don't know where the hell I was. Oh, that's right. I was talking about Devontae Parker. Um, he's a guy we'll be talking about on the show tomorrow, on Tuesday. No no doubt about it. Um, his schedule coming up is just absolutely delightful. Three of the next four are very, very nice for Devontae Parker. At home versus the Bengals, at home versus the Chiefs, at home versus the Patriots, and then at Las Vegas, if we're believing in the New England Patriots going to Miami jinx, then Devontae Parker is in line for four wonderful, wonderful days. And let's not forget, this is the same thing that happened last year. Devontae Parker heats up around week 11, week 12, and the rest of the season, he is a top five receiver. So uh, he is someone that we'll be talking about tomorrow. No, no doubt about it. All right. Uh, let's just move on, please. To, Surely, and we'll stick to the to the AFC East and talk about the uh, Arizona Cardinals going to New England. I'm buy yourself this game. Okay, what do you Definitely. got? Definitely, one hundred percent of a buy yourself this game. I wonder who um, it's about. You you have a guess? Is it James White? <laughs> no. <laughs> buy or sell? Kyler Murray is someone that we need to continue to monitor very, very, very closely because he was not healthy in that game. 
you cannot tell me that Kyler Murray's shoulder was right because I would I would literally say you're an idiot. Has he been healthy for the past couple of weeks? I mean, let's be real. Let's be honest. Well, he injured he injured the shoulder against Seattle. Oh well, I mean, it just yeah, yeah. He was on ten days rest, and said that you know he could go in and uh, and do his thing. But I'm looking, I'm looking at his rushing numbers just from the Patriots and then from the Seahawks. Five carries for 15 yards against Seattle. Five carries for 31 yards against New England. You look at his numbers overall for the season. 13 carries, 8 carries, 5 carries and a touchdown, 6 carries, 9 carries, touchdown, 10 carries, touchdown, 14 carries, touchdown. First two weeks, 3 touchdowns combined on the ground. 11 carries, 11 carries, then you get to 5 and 5. Kyler Murray came off to me as a quarterback that was okay sitting in the pocket and just trying his best not to get hit, to put himself in a compromising position. And that's been the overwhelming problem with Kyler Murray is that he is not a stick-in-the-pocket traditional passer. That's not his thing. Well, for some, that's not really a problem. Well, it is a problem when he has to do it. Yes. As evidence, as evidence yesterday, because how many times did I see Kyler Murray throwing passes that would just get batted down at the line of scrimmage? Because, and this is no fault of his own, but he's 5'11", and he's going up against defensive linemen that are 6'3", 6'4", that can very easily just jump up and bat that ball down. Yeah. And it's not, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. He can't control biology. If he, if he could, he'd be 6'5", and he would run like a gazelle. Well, yeah. Wouldn't everybody. Fair. But I would strongly recommend getting somebody that could be a backup option for now while – uh, Kyler Murray goes through his little rut. I mean, because he's – it's a tough one because are you really going to want to start Kyler Murray against the Rams? No. I, I can tell you right now, I, I'm not. I mean, I'm certainly not. Getting murdered by Aaron Donald no, and Michael Brockers? No thank you. No thanks. No thank you. I can tell you right now, I will be starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. If he is the guy – Going up against Cincinnati, I will be starting Ryan Fitzpatrick and another one too who will be very, very, very popular if you want to hop on this streaming uh, experience with me because I did say that Derek Carr was a great stream this week and I apologize for that. Uh, Kirk Cousins against uh, Kirk Cousins is playing. I was going to say Carol. I was going to say Carolina, but they just they just ended up playing uh, Carolina. Um, Kirk Cousins is playing the. Yeah, of course. The Jacksonville Jaguars. At wow. home. At wow. Home. Yeah. And Kirk Cousins said 20-plus uh, point fantasy days in the last three outings. So I would definitely recommend Kirk Cousins as an excellent, excellent start. Yeah, no, especially Jacksonville's going up north to Minnesota. Right. Minnesota. They've probably never been that cold in their life. No, this was supposed to be a Yannick Ngakwe revenge game, too. Yeah. Unfortunately, no. Ew. This was a uh, – is Chandler Jones still in the Cardinals? Yeah, he's out for the year. Oh, that's right. 
It, well, like, this could have been a Chandler Jones revenge game, but it was not. So sad. So yeah. sad. Uh, do you buy yourself for this game, Adam? Um, I do. Okay. Buy or sell. Cam Newton is just – Cam Newton has barely any upside anymore as, as a quarterback in fantasy. Oh, 100% buy. 100, 100 million percent buy. You, you cannot start Cam Newton. You're right. I mean, this is a situation where he was 9 for 18 for 84 yards and two picks. Uh, that's, yeah. That is the textbook definition of a terrible, terrible fantasy day. Yep. Sam had better numbers. Yeah. You, you cannot start Cam Newton going forward. No. Leave him, leave him on your waiver wire. Make him somebody else's problem. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we could talk about the running backs, but we've—I feel like we've done that. We've done it to death. Yeah, I mean, James White. James White is solid because of no Rex Burkhead. Damien Harris, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Um, so if he gets dropped this week and you need some depth at the running back position, go pick him up. All right. Next game, the New York Giants winning in Cincinnati for the first time in franchise history. The first place, New York Giants. Yeah, the first place, New York Giants. Oh, fuck. I know. Well, the good news – well, I really shouldn't say good news um, with the Daniel Jones hamstring because that looks, that looks terrible. But is Washington going to win the division? Oh, fuck. Hey, you know what? I, I – I said yesterday, and I'm, I'll be on record saying it here, that the Giants or the football team do deserve to win the division. Well, you know what? I did say, oh, fuck. But still, I think it would be nice to have Ron Rivera back in the playoffs. Put it this way. Who would you rather have win the division? The Giants slash R-words or the Eagles? Um, I'd rather have the football team win the division. Yeah, there you go. I think we all are in universal agreement that the city of Philadelphia deserves no happiness at all. And also, I wouldn't hear the end of it from everybody if the Giants win the division. Fair. That's also true. Um, yeah. So, honestly, I mean, if Daniel Jones ends up missing a fair amount of time, then there's a, a better chance that Washington's going to win the division. Yeah. Just because they have a stable quarterback situation. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I don't know if I would say I don't know if I would say stable, but their QB situation is much better than the rest of the division because you have two teams with injured quarterbacks, and then you have one team who doesn't know who their starting quarterback is at the moment. Yeah. So uh, yeah, buy or sell in this game. Evan Ingram will continue to tease you throughout his entire career. Uh, sell. I mean, I think Evan Ingram, this was his coming out party. This was supposed to be the day that we could all say that Evan Ingram is a startable tight end option, no doubt about it. But now with Colt McCoy potentially being the starter for the next couple of weeks, it's time for people who own Evan Ingram that they have to go out and potentially get another starting tight end, at least for now, until we get a good look at what this Giants offense would look like with Colt McCoy being the guy over Daniel Jones. Now Daniel Jones is going to be out with, 
with that injury. You know, if we look at the Giants' schedule the rest of the way, it gets significantly, significantly tougher for the Giants. At Seattle next week, then at home versus Arizona, at home versus Cleveland, then they go to Baltimore, and then they are at home versus Dallas. It is entirely possible that the New York Giants go 1-3, and 0-4. Oh and, and where does that leave them? Well, that would leave them at 5-11 and 11 or 6-10. and 10. Yeah. And if you, if you say that they win, they win against Dallas, then that's probably a 5-11 and 11 season. Which may or may not be able to win the division. Well, let's look once again at the football team's schedule and where are they getting a win. They have to go to Pittsburgh. They have to go to San Francisco. They are at home versus Seattle, at home versus Carolina, and they are at Philadelphia. Where, where are they getting a win? Carolina, maybe? Philadelphia? Maybe. So yeah. you're talking two and three. So if you're doing it based on that, then pending Philadelphia does not win tonight against Seattle, then the Washington football team are the champions in the NFC East. Well, yes, there's that, but also the Giants have the head-to-head tiebreaker over Washington because they but, beat them twice. But the, the R-words would have the – they would have one more win. Right. No, I'm saying if they tied, then it would be – If they the tied, Giants. yes, then, then the Giants would win the division. Yes, yeah. if they tied. Crazy. Um, All yeah. the R-words. Crazy. Funny that uh, the quarterback that we talked about in the preview ended up not even starting in this game. But, I mean, not like it was any different. Because Brandon Allen just kind of stunk up the joint. Yeah. Yeah. Nice use, of, nice use of language there, Adam. Stunk up the joint. Yes. He did. Well, joints do have a habit of uh, stinking things up. Not that kind of joint. I'm talking about Paul Brown Stadium. Yes, it was. Uh, it was. It was stinky. It was stinky. Um, you cannot start any bangle going forward. You cannot. No, you re- you really can't. It's. I mean, T. Higgins had a good game, but like that. I, no, you can't. You can't start oh, any bangles. No. 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 Nope. All right. So. Next game. This game is. This game was fucking amazing. Uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. Oh my god! Incredible game. Oh my god! I mean, by yourself. Derrick Henry has been is not only going to be finishing first over the as a as the first running back as a as R, as the RB one in fantasy, but he also will be siphoning points away from Ryan Tannehill. I mean, if you look at his schedule the rest of the way, Adam Browns. Jaguars, Lions, Packers. Three of those teams are in the bottom six against running backs. Jags, Lions, and the Packers. All four are in the are in the bottom ten. Wow. So again, you know, we're coming on this and we're saying that Derrick Henry is going to be a league winner. And it looks like that that's going to be the case. So 
in terms of him being the RB1, I, I, I don't know if he's going to actually be the RB1 just because if you have, you have other guys like Dalvin Cook and, and Alvin Kamara that could potentially halt that, potentially in, in PPR at least. In non-PPR, no doubt, he'll be the number one running back. No, no doubt. Half point, possibly. Full point, we'll see. You know, we'll uh, – We'll, we'll we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely see about that. Yep. Um, what about the Ryan Tannehill thing? Do you think he's so? Do you think that Derrick Henry is siphoning points away from Ryan Tannehill? I mean, sure, sure, it, it's entirely possible. But even then, Ryan Tannehill still still had a uh, a fairly decent enough day where you're talking about him being one of the uh, one of the top scorers at the position for for the week. So, and, 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 you know, granted it was a very down week for quarterbacks in general, but he still placed number seven at the position during the week. And that, that helped with a, uh, with a rushing touchdown. So I wouldn't be too afraid about Ryan Tannehill. Again, we'd mentioned the schedule coming up. It is absolutely delightful. So I think for all the Tennessee Titans, they are a uh, they're a fantastic buy low, and well, except for Derrick Henry, of course, because there's no such thing as a buy low with Derrick Henry after that. So uh, yeah, you you keep riding your uh, your Titans, and I think they are someone. They are another team that we're talking about that could potentially have a crop of uh, of league winners in store. All right, what's your buy or sell for this game? Uh you cannot start any Indianapolis Colt with a hundred percent faith. See, you almost had me. I was about to say, what are you talking about? But then when you said with 100% faith, I was like, yeah, you're right. It's, this, game, this team is so mercurial, hot and cold. Um, it's, you just don't know which Colts team no. is going to show up. No. And, I mean, this, this series that they've had against Tennessee is a, is a perfect example of that. Couple Thursday nights ago, these these Colts murdered the Tennessee Titans. We were thinking the Tennessee Titans are done, they're cooked, they're not making the playoffs. And then this game rolls around, and Derrick Henry steamrolls them, and uh, and the Colts just didn't just couldn't do anything. Like they couldn't do too much on offense. So this team, you just don't know what's going to shoot which team is going to show up on a week-to-week basis. And no. frankly, uncertainty is one of the worst things in fantasy football. If you were to pick one Indianapolis Colt you would start, who would it pick? Oh, God. Not name their defense. Oh, God. That makes it even worse. I can think like, who, would be, who would be for me. I think maybe Phillip Rivers. Or Naeem Hines. Nice. Mine was Naeem Hines. I don't know. I wouldn't mine, like mine it. Mine was Naeem Hines. Yeah. Trey Burton is worth a look. T.Y. Hilton caught, for, caught his first touchdown. Hallelujah. Finally. Yeah. But for me, for me, mine is Naeem Hines. I just think he is the safest floor out of uh, anybody in the Titans. Yeah. I, ju- I just don't know. I mean, the wor- I think the worst part about this is, well, first of all, you had Jonathan Taylor going on the COVID list, which is not great. But 
you had Jacoby Brissett had the two had two rushing touchdowns in this game, and yeah, and that, uh, that was a, that was a big source of frustrations for a lot of people. That potentially if they started Michael Pittman or if they had started Naeem Hines or maybe they had started Jordan Wilkins, that they were pissed that Jacoby Brissett was the uh, the prime beneficiary of two rushing touchdowns right at the one yard line too. Yep. So there you go. All right, let's move on to uh, a close game between Cleveland and Jacksonville. Went down right to the wire to the two-point conversion. Oh, boy. Um, Buy or sell for this game. Jarvis Landry is back. Sell. It was one game. I'm not going to put too much weight into one game, but it is, is a situation that is worth monitoring for sure. One of these days I'll get you into Maybe. saying that a player is back after one game. Maybe. Maybe you will. Uh, buy or sell, and this is, this is something that we haven't necessarily done all that often, but defensive groups are, in fact, people too. And they're multiple people. Buyer, for most people, yes. No, they're uh, multiple but- people is what I mean. Yes, multiple, multiple, multiple people. Uh, buy or sell, the Browns' defense is worth holding until you get to Week 15 and Week 16 championships when they have two games at the Meadowlands against the Giants and the Jets. Um, I, ooh. Well, holding in the sense that you keep them on your bench? Holding in the sense that you keep them on your bench. Yes, because obviously the next two games, well, you know, I, the Ravens, you, you don't even know. The Ravens on Monday night, two Monday nights from now, you don't really know what's going to be going on with that, who's going to be starting at quarterback. So that's worth monitoring. But for the Titans next week, forget about it. Don't even bother. I would say also that – if you have the opportunity to go pick up a defense potentially like uh, the Saints, I wouldn't really touch because they have Atlanta at Philadelphia at home versus Kansas City, then at home versus Minnesota. That's one I really wouldn't go uh, too close to. The Titans could be an excellent one. Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit, Green Bay. You have two matchups in there where you can very easily start the Tennessee Titans, maybe even three. Maybe you ride the Titans thir- week 13 to week 15, Cleveland, Jacksonville, Detroit. That's another one where you could absolutely ride uh, ride the Titans. Um, you need something for late in the year. Maybe you pick up the Chargers, uh, the Patriots, the Falcons at Las Vegas, and then at home versus Denver. That's another one that you could potentially ride. So, this is the time of year, and, I, and I, I brought this up because we had the discussion, I feel like, every year about what you should do if you find a defense that's worth playing. And the answer is you hold on to that defense until you get to that point. So you find a spot on your roster for that defense. And we've also got to the point of the year where we know who's good and who's not. So if you have someone – on your bench, such as, let's say, it's the Broncos running backs. Great example. That are not going to provide much value for your team. 
cut them. Cut them. Because you're not going to be comfortable enough to start them. So no. make them somebody else's problem. And you have enough position flexibility where you can go and you can hold a defense. And boom, you're done. Well, there you go. It's true. It's very true. Because honestly, oh, oh boy. I don't know what's going on. All of our trades are cursed. I swear to God. It's true. We, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott lost his powers. The Broncos running backs are terrible. Jarvis Landry only waited waited until week 12 to actually do stuff. Uh, yeah, this the trade that we made is cursed. And all of our trades are cursed. From the Deontay Foreman, Des Bryant trade, and now this. You ain't kidding. Yeah. All right. Uh, you want to talk about uh, anything else in this game, or you want to move on to Carolina and Minnesota? We can move on to Carolina and Minnesota. Best game of the 1 o'clock window. Yeah, no, definitely. You got that Joey, Joey Sly missed field goal from 54 yards out. Oh, boy. This game. Buy or sell. I think you already kind of talked about this, but buy or sell, Kirk Cousins is worth starting deeper leagues going forward. Going forward, sell. Next week, buy. Okay. Uh, buy or sell. You should be jumping for joy if you have Robbie Anderson. You should be absolutely gutted if you have DJ Moore. I'm buying it, but I think if you have DJ Moore, you should be you should be surprised at this point. I would say that I'm not too necessarily concerned given the Panthers have a bye this week. So the Panthers do have some time in terms of getting DJ Moore ready to go. If in fact it is not a long-term issue for DJ Moore, which I believe they were calling a foot injury, but it looked like more of a calf issue. I, I, I wasn't exactly uh, sure uh, when he came down on the landing and messed up the lower part of his knee a little bit, but if you're a Robbie Anderson owner, you got to be thrilled that it looks like Robbie Anderson is going to be the de facto true number one guy for, uh, for Carolina, but you're going to get them back when it's time for fantasy playoffs and you're going to get Christian McCaffrey back as well, which is going to be, I'm telling you right now, if there is a lottery ticket of all lottery tickets, it's Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is going to come back and hopefully be healthy for a fantasy championship run. I mean, my Lord. Yeah. Well, I mean, my Lord, that could be something. I think just without DJ Moore's injury, I think that uh, Robbie Anderson owners are happy that Teddy Bridgewater is back just because Robbie Anderson has been Teddy Bridgewater's favorite target. 41 yard touchdown for, uh, for Robbie Anderson. I've never seen that before. DJ Moore was a step away from catching a bomb, too. So it could have been a much different day for uh for dj Moore, but we'll have to wait and see we'll have to wait and see what the uh, what the future holds for uh for dj Moore and whether or not he'll be back in two weeks time yep uh it seems the vikings didn't uh didn't lose a step really with uh without adam thielen uh justin jefferson did really well also two touchdowns on the day yep and uh Look good the relative unknown bc johnson as well who ended up leading the Vikings in, re- in receiving yards. Yeah, I mean, I, I tell you what, he, he's someone that I think you can closely monitor. I don't know if I will be uh, mentioning him a whole lot on the, uh, on the waiver show, but 
he's someone that I think in deeper leagues, if he is available, you go pick him up and you see what happens. I wouldn't start him though. No. Yeah. All right. Um, here, our last game of the one o'clock hour is the under underwhelming performance of the week. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders going to going to Atlanta. Oh my lord, this was bad. Uh, Nathan Peterman came into this game later. Oh, Nathan Nathan Peterman. He didn't throw a pick. Derek Carr threw a pick, and he had and, two fumbles and no touchdowns. Um, and uh, Josh Jacobs. Oh boy, if Josh Jacobs can't go for a, for a bit, it's gonna be it's gonna be trouble for Las Vegas. Well. The good news for anybody that owns Josh Jacobs, number one, is that the Raiders are fighting for a playoff spot. So you will see Josh Jacobs again this year, pending it is not a completely catastrophic injury. Number two, the good news from what I've heard was that it is not believed to be as serious as it looked. So that is a good, that's good for anybody that owns Josh Jacobs. But if you own Josh Jacobs, and you do not own Devontae Booker, you should be ashamed of yourself. Because now you're going to be going into waivers this week, needing to put in half or maybe all of your fab, whatever is left. Or if, if you're in waivers and you don't have a top claim, good luck. But if you're in fab, you're going to need to be going into the waivers this week, putting most, if not all, of your fab on Devontae Booker and hoping you get him, which is going to completely suck. So I hope that anybody who owned Josh Jacobs had Devontae Booker on their on their roster. If they did not, then I wish you all the best in going out and getting Devontae Booker because he is going to be a very, very popular waiver ad this week. We have some breaking news that is not fantasy related, but it is actually very important. What is that? The San Francisco 49ers will host their week 13 and week 14 home games at State Farm Stadium in Arizona. Okay. Okay. So, there you go. There's a solution. Their home games against the, the Bills and the football team. Wow, the Bills are going to go back to State Farm Stadium? I know. Oof. Return to the scene of the crime. He's like, didn't I fucking leave here? Weren't we just here? I thought we'd have to come back here for another four years. Eight years, actually. Eight, that's true. That's true. Thought I'd have to come back here for another eight years. At least, I wonder if Sean McDermott was like, well, at least, we, at least when we come back here in eight years, most of you won't be here. Except for your name is Josh Allen. Oh, yeah, well. Uh, what, do you I, say, what do you have to say about Josh Allen? No, I mean, you don't know what's, what ha- will happen in eight years. We could all be dead in eight years. Who knows? I really hope that that's not the case. I hope not either. Uh, buy or sell. This game for the Falcons was kind of an aberration in the sense that... Their most, defense was actually good? Yes. Well, not only that, but also Matt Ryan did well without Julio Jones. Uh, buy. Buy. I would, not, I would not be expecting this kind of Falcons performance uh, going forward. But I will say, however... Matt Schaub's still in the league? that Raheem Morris is looking like he is going to potentially be the head coach for this team going forward because they are playing some really, really good football under uh, Raheem Morris. Yep. Sorry to interrupt you. I just saw that Matt Schaub was on the box score, and I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, 
problem now. No worries. Any, any, any time to talk about Matt Schaub is, uh, is a very important time. They have two pick six artists in, the, in this game. Hey, look at, look at the uh, former Falcons coordinators getting uh, head coaching opportunities. We have Raheem Morris, and then we have Coach Sarks for, yeah. uh, for Alabama. Coach Sarks. Coaching God. a great offensive game for the Crimson Tide. Yeah. In the Iron Bowl. Yeah, but he wasn't, but he was terrible in, in the NFL. Well, worst case, worst case scenario is that he is the heir apparent to Mr. Nicholas Saban in, uh, for, the, uh, for the Crimson Tide. Well, it wouldn't be the first uh, Bama O coordinator to, do, to get a head coaching job after that. See Kiffin, comma, Lane. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is quite true. I was like, what other Falcons coordinators are you even talking about that besides, because I was thinking of the NFL. But uh, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, most of them have been run out of town. True. You know, Quinn, comma, Dan. Quinn, Smith, comma, Dan. Smith, comma, Mike. Cutter, comma, Dirk. Yeah, I mean. The first time. The first time. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's move on to four o'clock. Oh, God. The less we talk about this game, the better. And you know exactly what it is because it was the only game in four o'clock that was terrible. It's the Saints <sighs> against the Broncos. Good Lord. At least, the only good thing about this game is that it means that Sean Payton has now beaten every other team as the Saints, quarter, as the Saints coach. True. That is true. That's the only good thing. I mean, I, I don't know. What the hell is going on? What the hell will go on in the future for the Broncos quarterbacks? Well, there is some hope that, the, uh, that at least one, if not two, will be back next week. So that is a good sign, at least there, that the Broncos won't be made to look like complete fools uh, again. Again. On a uh, on a nationally televised stage, but this is this is a game, honestly, that there isn't a buy or sell here just because there was so much that happened that completely is irrelevant. You know, it's one of those things where I think that it's kind of ridiculous. Listen, you have you have this situation, sure. But it's ridiculous that the NFL kind of put this hammer down on the Broncos 24 hours before their game against the Saints. Well, right. I mean, the Saints, the Saints basically were in Denver ready for the game when they found out about this. So they had, they had to adjust on the fly too. I mean, the other crazy thing is that Vic Fangio on Saturday before this, he was on Zoom saying, oh, yeah, no, we, we tested everything, all the quarterback – like." You know, all of our quarterbacks, you know, they social distance in the meeting room. Um, they, we didn't have any, anything come up on the contact tracing. And then later that day, you have this announcement. So it, it, it's just crazy. It's just absolute, absolutely crazy that this was – that not only was this game allowed to happen, but that – the Broncos are given such short notice. You can't prepare a quarterback in 24 hours 
I think if you gave if you gave twenty if you gave Aaron Rodgers twenty four hours to prepare for a game that he didn't think he was going to be playing, you you wouldn't get this performance, but you you get one of the worst Aaron Rodgers performances of all time. You just can't do it. Quarterbacks work so hard during the week to pre- to prepare for games, watching film, studying the playbook, and it, it's crazy. It would basically be like if you, if you traded. Let's stick with Aaron Rodgers. Sure, why not? If you traded Aaron Rodgers to the Lions on Saturday, and he play, and he had to get ready for the Lions' next game on Saturday and start where he barely knew the playbook. Because that's basically what Kenan Holden said. He's like, I didn't really know the playbook. I knew some of the offensive concepts, but it's a bit different from a quarterback's perspective. So, I mean, this is a situation. This is just a ridiculous situation overall. Oh, it's a mess. Oh, it, it is definitely a mess. But hopefully um, all the Broncos will be back and ready to go um, this weekend. There was uh, – some tests, some COVID tests that were done for the Broncos this morning. And as of right now, all the tests have come back negative. So good sign. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's going on with Alvin Kamara? Uh, this is what happens when you have a quarterback that doesn't throw the ball five yards. You have to be very, very concerned if you have Alvin Kamara. Very, very concerned. Because well, we, all know, we all know that Alvin Kamara doesn't run the ball. Like That's, that's not his thing to be an efficient runner. That's never been Alvin Kamara's MO. But now that Drew Brees is not there and Taysom Hill is really looking at Michael Thomas to be the guy, you know, it's um it's becoming very damaging for uh for Alvin Kamara. I understand he averaged five yards to carry in this in this matchup. It's very good for him, but one catch for negative two yards, that's terrible. And then yeah. if you owned Alvin Kamara, then you had Latavius Murray go off to the tune of 19 carries, 124 yards, and two touchdowns. I, I would be livid. Yeah. I would be absolutely livid. I agree with you. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I mean, this is ridiculous. It's kind of like crazy that this is a uh, – Yeah. We'll do we'll do a little uh, preview for for tomorrow, right right here, right now. We don't need to go into long winded analysis on this, but if you had an offer on the table, where you are getting, you're getting Derrick Henry, but you're giving up Alvin Kamara, and sold, and Amari Cooper, Alvin Kamara and Amari Cooper for Derrick Henry, sold. You would do that. I would do that. Very interesting. You're getting Derrick Henry. Very interesting. You're getting Derrick Henry. Very, very interesting. You're selling high on – well, I mean, I don't know. You're selling high on Amari Cooper, and you're selling low on Alvin Kamara, and you're getting Derrick Henry. Well, guess what? Three weeks ago, I don't think that answer would be the same. No, of course not. Also, I don't think that trade would have happened three weeks ago. It probably could have. Although, I guess it probably would have been, three weeks ago, probably would have been deemed as a great trade for the person that owns Alvin Kamara. But it's getting Alvin Kamara. Right. And now people, we're going to be sitting here and saying, oh, wow, this might be trade rape that someone is getting. Highway robbery. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm 
I'm getting Derrick Henry, I'm like, where can I, where do I sign? I would rip your arm off to get that, to have that trade. Thousand percent, thousand percent correct. Yeah. I don't know why you you acted so surprised when I said yes. I don't know if I would do it. I don't know if it's an easy, easy yes, but it's something I would consider. I would definitely consider it. Yeah. That trade has the least burn potential out of a lot of trades because I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, it seems oh, like sure. I think, I think Derrick Henry is the is the most surefire bet in fantasy right now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's just not talk about this game anymore, please. Sure. I, I just I just don't want to. All right. You uh, have the, mental, the mental capacity to do it. No, I just I really just don't want to do it. Um. The San Francisco 49ers went to the went to Los Angeles and gave the Rams their first loss at SoFi Stadium. And it was a good one, at least for one team. It was a good. It was a good game. It no, was, overall, uh, it was a good game though. It was defense. It was defensive sort of game. It was old school football at its finest. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, buy buy or sell. The only Rams that are worth starting are Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Um, consistently. I'm selling it. I'm, I'm selling, selling it too. Consistent. Consistently. I don't know. I I like some of the running. I mean, one of one of these running backs is good. I just don't know which one it will be on a given week. Really, you don't know which one it is? No, it's Cam Makers. Hey, Adam, I need you to listen closely. I need you to listen very, very, very closely. Yeah, I know what you're gonna say. Good, you should. You remember what I said about four weeks ago on the. Basement Talk Podcast waiver show. Great program, by the way. Mm-hmm. Remember what I said? Pick up cam makers. Yeah. Pick up cam makers. And you laughed at me. I did? Yes, you did. Not laugh, but gave a sar- sarcastic chuckle. Okay. As did many others who listened to this program. I would like all those people to apologize to me right now. Because Cam Akers is finally here. I'll give myself a pat on the back for that call. Great call. All right. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Uh, Speaking of running backs, it's nice to see the, uh, the 49ers getting some reinforcements. Yeah, Raheem Mustard. He looked ex- he looked excellent. Do you just call him Raheem Mustard? Yes. Okay. Raheem Mustard. Great guy. Anyway. Yeah, no, he he did do pretty well though. Fumble kind of kind of sucked, but yeah. touchdown was good. Yeah, well, you know, what this game was full of turnovers. Welcome back, Mr. Mustard. Yes. Great to have back. you here. Welcome back. Um, buy or sell the only 49ers worth starting going forward are the running backs. Sell, I think Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk will be, will be startable. And then maybe if we get lucky, you'll have George Kittle back for the last two weeks of the season. Maybe. Oh boy. That would be pretty lucky. All right. Well, especially, especially teams that may have him, and somehow have gotten into, uh, into playoffs without him. Then yeah. yeah. 
All right, so let's move on to our penultimate game, the best game of the week. This is not America's game of the week because it was on CBS, but uh, this game was amazing. It's the Kansas City Chiefs going to a place that I'm sure they'll be visiting in February, and that is Raymond James Stadium. The, I don't know if I really want to buy into this. I want to buy into it anyway. Buy or sell. Tom Brady is a fraud-ass bitch. What do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> what do you think I'm going to say? How long have we known each other? Come on. Fuck Tom I mean, Brady. He, he just got – oh, my God. Patrick Mahomes went full sicko mode. Tyreek Hill went full sicko mode. I love it. By the way, by the way, a common – a common uh, misnomer that a lot of people uh, had when they called Tyreek Hill as that was uh, the best fantasy day of all time. It was not the best fantasy day ever put together by a receiver. The record actually belongs to Mr. One Jerry Rice, who yes. had a five-touchdown game against the Atlanta Falcons. That Five remains, touchdowns? Five touchdowns over 200 yards receiving. I believe it was around 251. My memory serves me correct. Wow. Well, it was the most yards, at least. It was most yards, yes. 269 yards. Nice. Um, (laughs) I couldn't (laughs) – Listen, I didn't say – I didn't say – A.J. Brown caught a 69-yard touchdown. I didn't say nice after that. So, we're going to do it here. Well, I, I'm sitting here trying to be professional on a family show, and here you are bringing your uh, your nasty ass into the uh, into the fray. Like you're like you've never said nice after. I have never done such a thing. Well, you picked I, the wrong. I you, go to I go to church. You picked the wrong profession because everything is a record. Everything is recorded. Go back and find an instance. Well, I'll be here. I'll see you tomorrow. I will. Uh, I want well, I want your findings tomorrow. I want a detailed report. Okay. Um, oh boy. So you have. I don't even know how to what I can do with a buy or sell for this game. I mean, it's ridiculous. Buy or sell. Mike Evans is the only consistent receiving option for the Buccaneers. Sell. Sell. I think Chris Godwin is is still consistent enough, but the ceiling with them is just not there. The floor, the floor is most certainly there, but the the ceiling where I don't, I don't think you'll have one guy going off the tune of 25, 30 points like you will on other teams. Yeah. I mean, the crazy thing also is that Antonio Brown has been just a non-factor these past couple of weeks. Yeah. He's just, he's just, I mean, he's not the same guy that we once knew because he's in a, he's in an offense where you have two other guys. You have two other number ones in that offense. Yeah. So it's not it's not the Antonio Brown that we're uh, that we're accustomed to, where you know he we could be going to sleep and wake up the next morning feeling nice, uh, nice, safe, and secure, knowing that we have Antonio Brown in our lineups, and he'll probably go off to the tune of ten catches and a half. Well, I think it's probably one of those things where it's kind of like his early the early in his career when in Pittsburgh he had it was him, it was Heinz Ward. Emmanuel Sanders was there. Uh, Mike Wallace had a, was there briefly as well. Um, you had Heath Miller at tight end, and uh, whoever is at running back. 
men I think Rashard Mendenhall was still running was still running back for the Steelers at that point. So there was there were a lot of options. And Antonio Brown was not the Antonio Brown that he became. No. no. He, he was in that offense that had all those weapons. It was only when everybody left or retired is when Antonio Brown became Antonio Brown. Right. So yeah, I mean, what else is there to say about the Chiefs besides the fact that Clyde Edwards Hilaire just got no love in this game? Hey, hey Adam. High five, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yeah, Yay. we were right. Yay. We predicted that a rookie wasn't gonna do well in his first in his rookie season in the NFL. Wow, where is our where are our medals? The only rookie that has actually been good is the rookie that we didn't talk enough about, and that was James Robinson. <laughs> I know. It's always I don't think we talk, I don't think we we ended up talking about him. If anything, we talked about him maybe once out of the twenty-five times that we were talking about Cam Akers, Jonathan Taylor, Clyde Rizalaire. In our defense about James Robinson, I thought. I mean, we both thought that Leonard Fournette was going to be the top running back in Jacksonville, so he wasn't sure. even on our radar. It was, he wasn't even on our depth chart. It was like, it was Fournette, and then it was Chris Thompson. Raquel Armstead. Raquel Armstead. Who's literally, do you know that Raquel Armstead has had COVID the entire year? That is unfortunate. That is awful. Yeah. Like, he's been in and out of the hospital bad. Uh, that's horrible. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. And I wonder he was, where he was. And he was who everybody was picking up. When they cut Leonard Fournette, it was for Cole Armstead. Then yep. all the smart people were just like, oh, I'm going to go pick up James Robinson. <laughs> AKA the guy. people that could read. This guy. Look at this guy. All right. Um, next game, our final game. And a game that was a lot closer than it looked, honestly. No, I mean, the score was a lot closer than the game was. Um, it was, it was the Packers in their biannual demolition of the Chicago Bears. The first leg, anyway. Uh, buy or sell, you can never take Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams out of your lineup. What do you think I'm going to say? How long have you know? Buy. Yeah. How long have you known You're me? You're going to say bye. Okay. Next, buy or sell. Allen Robinson needs Mitch Trubisky to be the starting quarterback. Bye. It seems that – I loved it. I loved it. Oh, Yeah. Me too. It was pure perfection. Like, this is the Allen Robinson that I had as my preseason number five receiver. This is the guy. Every fucking look, it was Allen Robinson. I was like, oh, please give me more. 13 targets. Oh, I could could sing right now. I'm not going to. Please don't. Uh, The next. Give me, give me more. Give me more. Give me, give me more. You know that song, Adam? I do, but I wish I didn't. <laughs> it's a great tune. Run forever. It's a great tune. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like this whole offense. Listen, the Bears. It's Britney, bitch. God damn it! I hate you so much. Did that make you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, it did. It does. <laughs> uh, so for the Bears, I mean, as bad as the Bears were. I still think that this offense needs Trubisky to be any sort of fantasy relevant. Well, put it this way. The offense looked way better than it did under Nick Foles. There was some firepower. Yeah, there was some, some creativity, some imagination. 
Yeah, the problem was, though, that they ran into Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams at Lambeau. And you can't turn the ball over three times against Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau. Correct. And think about winning. Correct. That's something that they, they obviously have to uh, have to work on. But I thought overall, I thought Trubisky had moments where he looked okay. And I will say he looked better than Foles. So that's, oh, yeah. a, that's a plus. Yeah. It's definitely a plus. Uh, I think one thing that probably annoyed a lot of people is that Jamal Williams got that 13-yard touchdown that I'm sure people were hoping for Aaron Jones to get that. But, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I still think that this is probably the most balanced attack rushing, running the football that, that uh, the Packers have had all season. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I would say also that it's probably going to continue to be a slight issue if this theme that with Aaron Jones continues where they ride him in the first quarter, then the second quarter you don't see him at all, and it's Jamal Williams. Then in the third quarter it's Aaron Jones until you get some high leverage touches that go to Jamal Williams, and then the fourth quarter it's a mix between the two. That's kind of a problem. Yeah. Because, I mean, the first quarter of this game was terrible, and then it was the second and third quarter is where everything happened for yeah. Green Bay. Because frankly, I mean, you know, the Bears scored 15 unanswered points in the fourth. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, but at that point, at that point, the game was essentially, Over. you know, done and dusted. Yeah. It was 41 to 10 at that point. Right. So. Done, dusted, you know, we could settle that. Well, honestly, one thing that was good to see is that Alan Lazard came back into the game. I'm, I'm shocked because I legitimately – I'm shocked that Alan Lazard came back into this game. Oh, I'm stunned beyond belief. I mean, this is a situation where, yeah, I just don't know, honestly. So, yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about with this game? No, I don't think so. We'll see you all tomorrow for uh, Trade Deadline Show. That's correct. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only this, the Fantasy Show, but also the Quizvitational, the Debate, and the Vanilla Basement Talk podcast. We'll talk to you tomorrow for our trade deadline show and then also on Wednesday for the waiver show. So please stay tuned, keep your eyes peeled, keep refreshing your pages and your apps to make sure that you are the first, one of the first to check out our thoughts on not only trade deadlines that are coming up, but also uh, the waiver wire for the final week of the fantasy regular season. So for my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Benson Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye.